Good day. You're listening to Radio Hara. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal, GeoGeage. For my monthly artist interview on the station, I'm going to be featuring a conversation with improviser, musician, composer William Parker. Um, William Parker is celebrated for his long-standing contributions to improvised music in New York City. And he has been involved in many groundbreaking ensembles and projects that explore the contemporary boundaries of jazz and improvised music. We talk about that. We also talk about the relationship between progressive ideas about social change and his practice as a musician. It's really a pleasure to share this conversation with William Parker uh, today on Radio Hara. Every month I feature an exchange with a different artist who speaks about their practice and um, also the intersections of art and activism here on Radio Hara. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal and here is my conversation with William Parker. We're speaking and I see your wall behind you filled with instruments and I think about space and that's one thing that you've always worked so hard on is creating space both in your music and also in community you know whether it's cultural events or within music pieces itself um, often when people think about improvised music it's asserted uh, let's say like a mainstream Uh, framework would be all about the playing but obviously a big part of it is about the listening and it sort of seems that the quality it takes to create space is also about listening it drives a lot of your practice could maybe we could just start there well I think in approaching the idea of creating music uh in any sort of uh, environment, whether uh, someone brings a, a written piece of music in and says, uh, we're going to play this. And well, the music I play, they might say, we're going to play the head, which is maybe a, a pre-written down sequence of intervals, tones, rhythms. And then we're going to have violin solo, guitar solo, piano solo, saxophone solo. And um, so what do I do in that situation? I have to, okay, after we learn the, the written part, which is the uh, architecture of that sort of pre-laid out, uh, what do we do next? Okay, you're dealing with the players and how each player sort of deals with sound, his or her relationship with sound, whether they like to play slow, fast, texturally, whether they like a uh, heavy rhythmic thing, whether they like backbeats, forward beats, whether they, you know, whatever their relation is with sound, they're going to project that when they play, whether they're playing written music or improvising. And then so... We learn as a as a community every uh, that the idea is to play, and while you're playing, you're listening, 
but you're basically learning how to respond to sound, okay? And in all its environments and permutations, you're learning how to respond to it. And your ultimate goal is to respond to it so that you, you, the sound you're making is vibrating at a high level, first of all. Okay, like if you listen to the old saxophone players, Coleman Hawkins or Ben Webster or Sonny Rollins, uh, the first thing you notice is the tone. And that's the voice, the human voice. Um, and the, you have to have a healing quality in your tone. Then you say, okay, well, uh, you work on that by playing long tones. You work on that by letting the sound go out from you and come back in you. So it's like a circular thing, a kinetic thing happening. And then you're also relating to rhythm, but rhythm is, is sort of a, a given. There's nothing without rhythm. Okay, people say, well, uh, swing. There's nothing without swing. Swing, as long as you're alive and your heart's beating, there's rhythm there. There's swing there. And uh, so those things happen naturally. So it's like how you what you do at the moment, but what you're striving for in your journey, when the music starts, you're trying to go into the trance state. And if you, if you, if you know in the hospitals when people are injured, they go into a seduced coma so that their bodies can heal. And that's kind of what happens you're shooting for in music. You're trying to go into this seduced state of trance with sound so the listener can begin to heal him or herself and then when you come out of the coma you remember everything you heard but in a different way you see things differently and that's the whole point of art is to step into a trance and heal and be transformed. So uh, whichever language you use, whether like uh, we're talking about Charlie Parker today and uh, his usage of space, his usage of melody, his usage of quick response to things. Because in bebop music, the music is moving very, very fast. You know, whereas, okay, you have the art ensemble of Chicago, they may hit a bell or hit a sound and then there's space, and then there's another sound, and then there's another sound. So you might play with some African musicians and they're playing rhythms, floating rhythms, hypnotic rhythms, and that's continuous. You know, you play a waltz, that's another kind of rhythm. So you have all of these things that are happening, but the main goal is that to find out your relationship to sound and music and how you're going to fit into this this world. As we say like the tone world is where you want to step into. That's this trance, you're stepping into the tone world. And within this tone world, you learn the secrets of how to live on earth as human beings. 
And that's why, no matter what the music is, whether it's the, the corniest pop tune you used to hear when you was a kid, and you're not feeling too good, right? And so if you hear that, that, that pop tune and you say, can you turn that up a little bit? And you listen, you, 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 in fact, this music is so corny, you don't even want to tell people you listen to it. That's how corny it is. But when you hear it, it begins to, adrenaline starts to flow. You begin to, to, to feel better. It's, you know, it's, like, uh, it's like a steroid, a sonic steroid. And you begin to, you know, to move and things begin to happen. And it puts you in another place. So, so that's all. That's that's the concept I'm looking at when when I play uh, uh, music is to eventually get it or step into this trance state that can transform. Respect, respect. Some of the pieces that I'm thinking of in bouncing back from reflections that you just shared. I'm thinking of a very long track uh, where you're playing with David Esware or some of the duets with Hamid Drake, where you're on a circle with the bass notes. And um, what I could hear in those pieces is the trance that you're talking about. But what's interesting is I feel like there's a lot of voices going on. I mean, let's say in the more ensemble types of pieces. But you're conscious of this sort of grounding presence that you can play with your instrument, not throughout all the tracks all the time, but you're sort of holding down uh, both a beat, but also a presence. And I find like that groundingness in those pieces is just very striking. Well, you know, it all comes from, from my, from my point of view, everything comes from uh, the blues and gospel. It comes from the earth sounds. You see, everything, or many things in life, come out the ground. And when you're building something, you got to put it back in the ground to support it. So you need the, 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 these earth sounds. We walk on the earth. And uh, when, when you play a concert, no one shows up. The sound goes up. It doesn't keep going. It comes back down to the earth. You know, when, when you're playing in a, in, a, in a church, the sound hits the ceiling and comes back down. It may take a long time, but it comes back down. So the, the idea of the earth, again, the heartbeat, the pulse of life. And then on top, these things happen. On top, we develop our eyes the idea or sense of compassion uh, that allows us to not just tolerate other human beings, but to love them, you know, and to under begin to understand them in a particular way where uh, we can find the best in them and uh, we can begin to communicate with them. Not it's not like they're right and we're wrong or we're right and 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 uh, you know it's so that we can communicate with them because everybody needs to be inspired. You know that you say, well, this guy's very inspirational. I remember when in the seventies when we were hanging out on the Lower East Side, and and Don Cherry would come around, 
and a trumpet player, and he'd come by, and sometimes Don would be roller skating, and he'd have a, a hat with a propeller on it, and he'd be rolling on it, and, and every time Don came by, it was like after he left, no matter what state of mind you were in, you were feeling better. Because Don was wearing colors, he was happy, he was always talking about the mountains or the trees or something that's inspirational to you. And and that's what you, you, you really want to happen. You know, you want to be able to to keep, it's sort of like a reservoir, okay? It's like, uh, you, you, if you do positive things, you develop and build a reservoir that you can sort of click into when you don't have your inspiration. And you say, okay, man, it's, it's like wind. It's like the idea, okay, you have a, uh, a motorboat, and uh, but you also have sails. And sometimes the wind stops blowing, so you kick the motor on for a while, and it gets you going until the wind starts. And that's what's happening every day. That's why we have to think of, of, of positive things to do that, again, will push us forward, but also we can retain for these rainy days and, and use when, when we need them. That's why... You want to, uh, I remember I was in junior high school and I got this book called The Twin Verses about Buddhism. And uh, it talked about how um, if you have, if you put honey on a spoon, you can taste the honey, but the spoon doesn't taste the honey. And so if you're hanging out and so uh, someone who's not alert and aware is like that spoon. They can be dipped in the honey, but they never taste it because they're not open to it. And so it, 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 said, it said also said when you hang out with wise people, some of that backs off into you. You hang out with joyful people, that backs off into you. You know, like, like children, some of them by the time they're in certain environments, by the time they're 10 years old, they don't care whether they live or die. So he said, well, why would a kid 10 years old be in a position to join a gang or not care whether he lives or dies at 10 years old? And then by 12, 13, then he's, you know, like he's waiting to, he's been told to go shoot somebody as initiation into a gang. And then you say, well, well, why are you going to shoot that? You don't even know that person. And the, the answer is, well, I got to get him before he gets me. So the idea that the whole world is against them. You know, where, you know, where does that come from? Again, that comes from the environment. But it's not, a, it's, it's not all the time because you can have kids... You know, mothers are alcoholic, fathers are on crack, big brothers in a gang, and they just fly. They sail through all of that stuff and find it and go right to their voice and right to their, what they call it. You know, he's a weird one. He's different. But in that being weird and different is, is, is heaven. It's a magical place that would allow him to be himself. And that's what, as, as, you know, teaching young people, that's where you want them to find. You want them to find that magical place that they can go that would allow them 
to be themselves that will allow them to prosper and blossom as, as human beings. Because, and everyone's different. Everyone's different, you know. And, um, but that's the idea to teach it, is to be able to analyze what everyone needs in a classroom and figure out uh, how to deal with them. I mean, you know, we were going to school and this one kid came late all the time. And, you know, the teachers would call him stupid and just, 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 you know, reprimand him all the time. And then you find out that the reason he's late every day because he's got two siblings and they go to two different schools. And he's got to take one to this school. Then he's got to take one to that school. Then he's got to get a bus and come to our school. So, and, so then when you find this out, the teachers would always say, well, you better get here, you better get here, rather than say, uh, well, you know what, we'll, 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 we'll wait for you. We'll start the class a little later, or I'll save your notes. And then we'll also, we'll try to figure out how to get the brother and sister of yours in the same school. Let me talk to your parents. Or like a guy named Manny, he used to come to school, and Manny would always have these like drumsticks, and he'd be tapping everything on the desk. And the math teacher somebody, oh, Manny's stupid. He don't want to learn any math. Rather than say to hey, Manny, I see you got those drumsticks, man. How about this? You do a little math for me, and I'll get you a drum lesson. He said, yeah. Boom. And I'll even show you how maybe those, that drumming is connected with the math we're doing. You see, but, the, but, but, but you have to think. You have to feel these things. You know, Rafael Vega. A guy used to look out the window, and uh, he would have a pad and be drawing all the time and never pay attention to the teachers. And the teachers never looked at his sketch pad. And I'm looking at his sketch pad. I said, man, this guy is brilliant. But they never said, you know, well, you do a little English, and we'll get you an art class. You're brilliant. They never said that. Now, I'm just a student. Now, if I knew it, I'm figuring they should know that too. But again, it's like people are trained not to think, not to understand where people are coming from. And it's not just black and white that, uh, uh, you know, this guy, you know, looks tough. But underneath that tough exterior can be a very sweet interior and very sweet guy. You know, they're, they're just, he's just imitating what he sees. So, uh, so there's all this stuff happening and in music, and that's why, you know, music is, is just a wonderful thing that everybody should, uh, if they can partake in it and learn, you know, music or any kind of art form, they, they could uh, really uh, benefit from it. The idea of the space uh, for listening, for communion, for gathering in music, um, you know, you, you live in New York, so uh, space is more and more difficult to access for listening music where people call and response, improvise, different stuff happens, you know, the sort of um, types of characters you're describing. But often you do see some of that space happening in protests. I, I joined some of the demonstrations uh, in recent years in, in New York, Black Lives Matter, anti-war protests, and you see instruments in these protests people are gathering, listening, sometimes chanting together, but also hearing each other, seeing each other, being present together. Um, 
it feels like often that space can be created in protest movements, not always. Um, any thoughts about that? Well, you know, crisis is a time when people come together sometimes. And uh, not really realizing that every minute is a crisis. But we forget, you know, okay, well, uh, and, and where the idea invasion has been replaced by war, okay? And even back to Vietnam, it's, it's okay, okay, well, uh, was, the, was war declared or did we invade? Did we, you know, and if war was declared, then does that still make it right? Okay, so, so, and then you're, you're, like, I remember Desert Storm, and we just, we just went into, you know, Afghanistan, we went into uh, the, the Mideast, and just began bombing. And so people just think, well, okay, well, um, they're um, getting the enemy, Oh, they're doing something right because America never does anything wrong in certain people's eyes. We don't, we don't do anything wrong. We just, we're always on the side of the good. But, uh, and if it doesn't hit home, you can easily forget about the U Ukraine or you can forget about, you know, Syria or, or earthquakes because you're not involved. And that's the, that's the idea of compassion is to be involved like it hits you, even though you're miles and miles away. Now, okay, we, we had Donald Trump. The situation was really bad. So people got out here and protested. They thought that maybe we can do something. And um, so people do come together when there's a crisis, when there's uh, a need to uh, protest the murder of innocent black people, innocent little people, big people, uh, all kinds of people. So we will come together. And, um, you know, I had an idea years ago to have a million man march on Washington. And I was waiting, came with the idea, uh, I was waiting for Obama to be elected because I if I done if I organized it when Bush was president, it's like you got all, you know the idea was to have all marching bands moving across America, marching and playing and ending up in Washington, D.C. having uh, tents talking about art, the importance of music, the importance of dance, and I had the feeling like if we did that, they would it would have a sign up, uh, clothes gone fishing for the day. And that we would be actually uh, just shouting at deaf ears because they didn't really care about, you know, would you have to go do that much uh, to get some reaction? And if you notice the gun laws here, people are constantly being murdered, mass murders, mass shootings, and they do nothing. So now if they don't do anything with mass shootings, you know, so I said, I'm going to get them to try to support a little kid playing a violin. See, and, and, and they don't care. They don't care. And what's, in, what's really registered in my mind years ago 
when Gary McFarlane put out a record on, um, forget the name of the label, but it was called America on account of its disappearance. And it was a record. And one of the tracks was, <clears throat> due to lack of interest, tomorrow has been canceled. And that stuck with me then, and it sticks with me now. Is that what we're dealing with? Due to lack of interest, tomorrow will be canceled. You know, unless we, unless we really, not just a protest, but our whole lives have got to be a protest. Everything we do. You know, because these people are, are, we're dealing with ruthless people in a ruthless situation. You talk about um, the protest, but also the listening has been so important in the music you do, but also the ways that you've created space to make a connection between improvisational music and protest movements. You know, you've stood f with um, people around the world in various contexts. You signed Musicians for Palestine, for example, support Palestinian human rights. Um, you know, I know that you were a part of um, the anti-war movement, as you talked about. Um, what's the connection for you between um, being present and listening to, you know, different voices from different movements, different realities around the world, and your practice as a musician. The first thing you have to learn is you got to review your history. History, of course, is his story, as Sun Ra says. And those who conquer and are the imperialists, they have one set of rules and one idea of history. And those who are the victims, they have another set of rules. And that they will lie about anything to change, to persuade people to believe one thing versus another thing. You know, they will tell you the first thing you learn in school is that George Washington was a hero and he never told a lie. Okay, and, and, and uh, George Washington you know, he owned slaves. George Washington brought up and displaced lots of indigenous people where he would take their land and sell the land. Okay, he was one of the first millionaires in America. So there's a lot more than, than him and all of these presidents who you're supposed to look up to than just saying, well, he didn't tell, you know, he told a lie, or Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. You have to do your history Things can change. You know, as Archie Shep says, things got to change. In an album called Things Have Got to Change. And that you can change uh, people from the inside out. You know, they don't just, you don't change from the outside, the colors. You change them from the inside out through, through touching their souls. And then they are looking for truth. And, and, uh, and it's, and it's just not what we think it is, and here, especially here in America and throughout the world. You know, I mean, people have been maligned. They, you know, the uh, left is now right and the right is left. Or just the idea, okay, um, if, if you say, well, oh, I think that the kids should have um, uh, better lunches and they should have, uh, you know, uh, books that aren't ripped up they say, oh, oh, you're one of those communists. 
you're called a communist if you say that the kids should have be able to read books that aren't marked up by somebody else and not be ripped up. If you say, well, you know, kids should have free lunches, and you and you say, oh, you you're one of those left wing people. If art moves people to inspire revolution, they're gonna they're gonna suppress art. If proper what I would call proper education inspires revolution, and all revolution is is change. Well, we put people first over profit, over over capitalism, over making money. And he said, "Well, you 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 can't put people first because corporations are what make America run, not people." And that is like the most backwards thing you could say. But people believe that, and they think that well, that that my job is to make money, and if I make money, I'm successful. And uh, and I'm saying it's just the opposite. You're not successful. In fact, if if, if you know McConnell, Ken McIntyre, the alto saxophone player, said years ago, he said, if you if you're successful, if you're successful in this in this world. You must be doing something wrong. And, and that, that's kind of how it is. So I think that uh, it's, it's a big job. It's a big job. So I mean, I just tell them, the, the young people, is that okay? You know, um, you've got to change. You've got to be aware of what's going on. You have to, uh, you know, school is not just to drink beer. You know, you're supporting the beer industry. But when you get out, you got to do something else. You got, you know, you have to, you have to tell the truth. You have to really step up to the plate if you really want the world to change. There won't be any world. You know, it's just no joke.